Hello and welcome from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. This podcast you're about to hear was recorded at our Burrigan campus. So sit back, relax, and enjoy what God has to say to you. God, our Father in heaven, may your name be honoured this morning. Hallowed be your name. And we would pray, Lord, that your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven, even this morning, Lord. Jesus, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, the one who was the great I am, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Lamb of God, the Lion of the tribe of Judah. Lord Jesus, we honour you this morning. We worship your name. We lift your name together. Jesus. And Holy Spirit, you are welcome here as we've sung this morning. We declare it in our hearts, you're welcome. We welcome you, the living presence of God, the spirit of the living God, the one who is the comforter, the one who draws alongside, the one who fills those who declare faith in you, Lord Jesus, the spirit of Jesus. We welcome you, Lord, here this morning. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We ask you fill this place, fill this atmosphere as we've sung, Lord. Fill us with your presence and let us become more aware of your presence with us, within us, among us. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we welcome you here. We thank you, Lord, for the living and dynamic presence of God, the all-powerful one, Jesus, the one and only. Lord, speak to us, we pray through your word this morning. Open our hearts for all that you have for us. We pray in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Please be seated. Well, good morning and welcome to all of you and a special welcome to those joining us online. Great to have you with us. Um, amazing, isn't it? People join us online from um, all over the world, actually. There's people here in Perth who are online. But um, I understand that week after week, there are people in Singapore, people in the Philippines, uh, wherever you are, you're welcome with us. And uh, perhaps um, even those of you online, some of you here by divine appointment, even this morning. As uh, this morning, we wrap up our series called My Father with uh, a focus on the Father's invitation to us all, actually, this morning. So let me give you the context of our reading this morning. Jesus' disciples and uh, his close friends have just experienced the trauma of witnessing Jesus' death on the cross. They're traumatised, they're grief-stricken, 
They're, um, uh, you can imagine, just try and put yourself in their shoes for a moment, they're somewhat disillusioned and bewildered by the way things have panned out. And so um, most, if not all of them, are actually they're hiding away in fear. Because, you see, they had seen Jesus perform miracle after miracle in the last three years as they've got to know him. They've seen him heal the sick and give sight to the blind. They've seen him walk on water. They've even seen him raise the dead. And so they were convinced, actually, that Jesus was the Son of God, that he was the Messiah, a title that might well be associated with a degree of invincibility. And so death and defeat, were not, they weren't part of the expectation. They weren't part of the expected outcome, the equation. This is not the way things were supposed to pan out. And yet this is what they have just witnessed. And so the setting of our story this morning is, uh, in the reading, is what we now know as Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday. But for Mary Magdalene, it was just Sunday. And in fact, uh, it was a very sad Sunday morning following on from a traumatic Friday and Saturday. And so here we find her on Sunday morning visiting the tomb of her dear friend, her much-loved friend Jesus. Here she is visiting his tomb where she discovers that the stone, uh, perhaps what somewhat unexpectedly, <laughs> has been rolled away from the entrance. So that's the context of the reading. It's John chapter 20, if you um, want to follow in your Bible, or it's going to be on the screen. At least I hope it is. That's where I have to read it from. There we go. John 20, 11 to 18. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. And as she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head, one at the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They've taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they've put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she didn't realize it was Jesus. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've put him and I will get him. Jesus turned, so Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned towards him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, do not hold on to me for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. Amen. Amen. God the Father's invitation to humanity is the invitation of adoption into his family. It's a wonderful thing. 
It's an invitation into relationship at the deepest, most profound level. It's an invitation to participate in the perfect and complete community and communion of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we read about the invitation in John chapter 1, which tells us about Jesus at the, as the, uh, the eternal pre-existent word of God, the one through whom the world was created. This eternal word, Jesus, the word become flesh, as we read in, in verse 14, the word became flesh is described here as the, the true light that gives light to everyone. Amazing. And here's the key invitation in verse 12. To, the, to all who did receive Jesus, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And so here's the beautiful invitation. God the Father invites you to join his family and to become one of his children in the fullest possible sense. It's an invitation that's issued to you as a gift, a gracious gift, and that gift is accessed by you through faith, through your belief, through declaration, actually, of your belief. Not just belief in your heart, but declaration of that belief. Now, we all receive invitations to various things all through our lives. I remember um, I used to get invited to 21st birthdays. Uh, these days, I get invited to 60ths. Interesting, isn't it, how life somehow moves on? But I recently received an invitation to a dinner event coming up, and uh, it's a free dinner, which is always a nice thing, isn't it? We like to be invited to those things. But the invitation made it clear that if I wanted to attend, I need to register for uh, catering purposes. Fair enough. So I clicked on the link. This was all in an email, email invitation. And it took me to one of those online booking systems, you know, like you would have probably experienced, like Eventbrite or Try Booking or one of those online booking systems, uh, to a page where I could fill in all of my details. It was, yeah, it was exactly this kind of a, a, a booking system. And so I typed my name and my email and my phone number, and I uh, ticked the box to say I accept all the terms and conditions, which I didn't read, but I'm happy to accept them. Then very importantly, I unticked the box to say that I'm happy to receive all manner of junk mail for the rest of my life. <laughs> Untick. I don't want that. No, thanks. So far, so good. Now, at this point, I haven't yet committed to accepting the invitation. I've filled out my details. I've understood the terms. I've checked my diary to make sure that I'm free to attend. I've even decided, actually, in my, in my heart, I've decided that, uh, that, yes, I want to attend this dinner. But if that's all I've done, it's important to understand this, there's a real possibility that I'll turn up on the night only to find out that there's no place set for me because I haven't registered. And I may well be told, oh, I'm sorry, sir, you, um, we didn't receive your registration. There's not a place for you. So there's one final step. You'll see at the bottom there, it's the submit button. It's interesting, isn't it? It's an interesting word to use. 
So I've filled out all my details, but I haven't yet submitted. Am I going to submit or not? Well, we'll come back to that word. Um, in this case, I really wanted to go to the dinner, so I hit the submit button, and moments later, as if by some miracle, I received a confirming email saying, congratulations, you are attending the dinner, you're in, locked in, awesome. So each one of you this morning, each one of us, has been issued with an invitation from your heavenly Father. Now here's my concern. I'm concerned that some of you have thought about it, you've come along to church, you sing the songs, maybe you've been coming for a long time, and uh, maybe you'd say, well, I just kind of enjoy the vibe here. I've heard people say that, oh, I like this place, it's got a good vibe. I like the vibe, maybe you enjoy that. And maybe you've even decided in your heart that you would like to accept the Father's invitation to be a part of God's family. You think, actually, I do want that. But there's one problem, that you haven't actually hit that submit button. You haven't submitted yourself to God, truly, finally. So I want to give you an opportunity to do that before we close this morning. But first of all, let me just share three things about this invitation. If you like, uh, these are some of the terms and conditions that are important to understand before you hit the submit button. The first thing is that this is a personal invitation to you. Children, you're included in all of this, by the way. It's not a generic invitation, you know, like the envelopes that land in your letterbox at home from time to time that are addressed to, to the resident. The resident. Um, do you get those? I normally just bin them. Or the emails that land in my inbox that begin, hello, Nick.scott. <laughs> See, I'm immediately suspicious. <laughs> that uh, maybe the sender doesn't really know me that well. Delete. The invitation from your Heavenly Father comes to you personally by name. You know, the literal turning point if you might have noticed in that uh, reading about Mary Magdalene, is that moment when Jesus speaks her name. Mary. Up until that point, she's aware that there's someone else in the garden, but she's not really paying attention. She just assumes that it's probably the gardener, the groundsman for the, you know, the tomb area. But when he speaks her name, at that moment, she turns towards him with recognition. It's a turning point. She literally physically turns towards him, but it's also, I would suggest, a key turning point for her life. And actually, Jesus does this a number of times through the Gospels where we see that he calls people by name, and it's a turning point for them. Zacchaeus is a lovely example of that. You know the story of Zacchaeus in Luke 19? And if you know the story, you know that Zacchaeus is not a particularly nice bloke. Everyone hates him, actually, because he rips people off. No one likes that. He rips people off, so he's not very popular. 
And so in this case, he climbs a tree to get a better view of Jesus, who's about to be passing by. And Jesus stops and looks up to the tree and looks up at him and says, Zacchaeus, I'm coming over to your place for a cuppa later on today. It's a turning point. It's a turning point because Zacchaeus hears that Jesus has called him by name. And his life is never quite the same again. I don't know if you've ever had that experience of um, being in a room full of uh, sort of important people and feeling a bit uh, insecure and a bit insignificant, a bit overlooked and feeling like, well, maybe I don't really belong here and uh, perhaps if I just sneak away and just go home, no one will notice after all. And then unexpectedly someone calls you by name. Nick, how are you? Good to see you. Come over here and I'll, uh, I'd love to just introduce you to some people. I've certainly had that experience on numbers of occasions where I end up thinking, wow, that important person knows my name. That's a surprise to me sometimes. They know my name. Isaiah 43 says this, but now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. Rest assured this morning that the God of creation, the almighty God of all things, the one who is infinitely more important than Queen Elizabeth or President Biden or, uh, you know, Taylor Swift (laughs) or whoever you might think is an important person. The God of all things knows your name. He knows you intimately inside and out from the youngest to the oldest here this morning. He knows that you're here. He knows you're watching online. He knows your name. And he delivers a personal invitation that has your name on it. Not generically, not some computer-generated Nick.Scott type deal. It's got your name on it. He calls you by name. It's a personal invitation. That's the first thing. The second thing is it's, it, this is actually, it's good to understand this, it's an extraordinary invitation. It's extraordinary. When we stop and think about it, I want us to stop and think about it this morning. If I were to say to you this morning, let me introduce you to someone. She is my one and only. Who do you think I might be talking about? Yes, this beautiful woman over here. No, not you, Michelle, the one behind you. (laughs) Margie, she's my one and only. Okay. Well, now and then, you might hear an MC use the same phrase in a different context. And uh, let me try this. Let me just warn you, in a moment, you're probably going to just burst into spontaneous applause. Just giving you a warning. That's probably what's going to happen. Spontaneous. So just imagine I'm the MC. Ladies and gentlemen, introducing the amazing, 
the one and only Graham Maybury. <laughs> See, Graham's he's not even phased by that. He's just used to that kind of introduction. <laughs> the one and only. It's a phrase used to describe someone important or someone with a kind of a unique gift or a particularly important role, like Graham, actually. He would, in all seriousness, he would, he would be introduced in that way by the occasional MC. Well, where does the phrase come from, this one and only? Well, it comes from the Bible. It's actually, it's used to describe Jesus. And more specifically, his relationship with his father. That's the context in which it's used. Let me give you some examples. Uh, John 1.14 we have there. The word became flesh, made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, Jesus, the glory of the one and only. The one and only son who came from the father. That's what makes him the one and only. He's the only one. He came from the father, full of grace and truth. A couple more examples on the next slide, if we can have that. John 1.18. No one has ever seen God but the one and only, there it is again, the one and only, the one and only Son, who is himself God, that's such a bold statement of Jesus' divinity, he is himself God and is in the closest relationship with the Father. Again, this is the context of this phrase, the one and only. He and he alone is in the closest relationship with the Father and has made him know. That's, this is why he came, to make known the Father to all of us. Here's a verse you might have heard of. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only. There it is again. His one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. So these verses speak to us of the, the, the uniqueness, if you like, and the, the exclusivity of this relationship between the Father and his one and only Son. Now back to John 20. Here's the remarkable thing. We see the resurrected Jesus speaking to Mary, and he uses this language of family. Go to my brothers, he says, and tell them, I am going back to my father. There's nothing surprising about that. Here's the surprising bit. I'm going back to my father and your father. Oh. To my God and your God. Here's the extraordinary thing about this invitation. You're invited into the family of God but not in some second-tier, lower-level sense. You know, you're not invited to a family gathering where you're some distant second cousin by marriage twice removed, and no one even knows who you are or recognises you, and you might sort of slink away because you're not known. Not at all. Because of Jesus' death and resurrection and exaltation, we are invited to come and share in his sonship to his Father. Wow. Get your mind around that. We come to participate in that very special, unique, one and only relationship 
between Jesus and his Father and to share in all of the blessings and all of the privileges of that. Romans 8, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we're children, then we're heirs. Heirs of God, and understand this, co-heirs with Christ. Co-heirs with the one and only. On the same level as the one and only. What an invitation. Jesus is God's one and only son. His relationship with his father is unique and perfect, but the extraordinary invitation from the father for us, his invitation is to personally invite you to enter into and experience that perfect relationship with him in Christ. It's extraordinary. I need a glass of water after that. <laughs> Finally, number three, it's an eternal invitation. Now, I just need to clarify that because it's an invitational to an eternal relationship. But in fact, the invitation is for a limited time only. Important we understand that. The RSVP has an expiry date. The problem is we don't know what that date is. So now and then, and maybe you've had this experience as well, I now and then see an event advertised, maybe a concert or a sporting event or an exhibition of some kind, and I think, ah, oh, that looks good. I think I really want to go to that. I'd like to see that. Um, and I, sometimes I'll even say to Margie, we should get tickets. Or she'll say to me, we should get tickets for that. And uh, there are times when I, instead of getting tickets, <laughs> I think to myself, uh, I'll get to that later. I'll sort out those tickets another time only to discover later that there are no more tickets available. Sometimes when Margie said to me, did you get those tickets? Oh, well, <laughs> actually, no, I delayed and we've missed out. We didn't get tickets. The Father's invitation is the most important invitation you'll ever receive. So let me say this morning, don't fall into the trap of thinking, I'll sort that out later. I'll get to that another time. Because you might find that you missed the opportunity. So what is this eternal reality going to look like? Well, the simple answer is that it's really beyond our comprehension, but it's going to be awesome, better than you can possibly imagine. The realm of God's glory is unimaginably beautiful and unimaginably exciting and spectacular. The heavenly realm. Now, when Jesus taught his disciples to pray, he said, pray this, Father, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I prayed that before we began this morning. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So to bring that about, the heaven on this kind of heaven on earth reality, God has a, a three-stage plan. Stage one is for Jesus to come to earth and to bring with him a glimpse of heaven coming down. This has already happened, by the way, 2,000 years ago. A glimpse of heaven coming down. That's why wherever Jesus went, 
people were healed and things were put right and people were set free and people were made alive. People in some cases were literally brought to life from the grave like Lazarus. It was a taste, just a taste of the heavenly realm coming down because the king of heaven himself came down. It's a wonderful thing. Stage one, that's happened. Stage two has also happened. It's the sending of the Holy Spirit. Again, as people are filled with the Spirit of God and they begin a relationship with the Father, they say yes to that invitation and what they discover is life and freedom, freedom to overcome addictions, power to overcome addictions. What they receive is what the Bible describes as a, a deposit. It's a heavenly deposit guaranteeing your inheritance to salvation. That's the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, stage three. <laughs> stage three is the really exciting final stage when Jesus returns. And this time, the whole of the heavenly realm will come down to earth. And finally, God's will, the Father's will, shall be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's a glorious day. As everything is brought together under the headship of Christ. So at that time, the whole of creation will be renewed and restored to perfection. Amazing. What a thing to look forward to. Romans 8 tells us that the creation waits in eager anticipation. What is creation waiting for? It's waiting for the children of God to be revealed. As perhaps some of the children of God will be revealed even this morning. As we close, it's been my prayer. Creation is waiting for it. Creation itself is longing for it. And so the time will come when the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and to pollution and to climate change and to sin and to corruption and to abuse. Liberated and brought into what? Into the glory of the children of God. That's us. What an occasion that will be. Did I tell you you're invited? You're, you, you are invited to that. You are personally invited. Each and every one of you here, you're personally invited. Well, that's an invitation I want to say yes to, and I, I tell you what, I want to be sure <laughs> that I've registered. So let me come back to that online booking form. Because as I said, I want to give you an opportunity to respond this morning. And children, those of you who are here who are old enough to understand what I'm talking about, um, you're included in this. Seniors, you're included as well, by the way. Everyone in between. But I know that many of you, like me, have submitted to the Lord. You've dedicated your life to him. Uh, so no need to respond this morning. But for some, you haven't responded. Jesus 
calls you by name this morning. Like he called Mary by name and Zacchaeus by name up the tree. Wherever you're at this morning, he calls you by name. And so this could be a turning point in your life. You'll notice um, as you look at this booking form that there's a submit button, but there's also a back button. And that's significant this morning too, because the truth is you're certainly free to hit the back button and simply go back to the life as you've been living it. And in so doing, you either refuse or you delay your decision to submit to the will of God. Or you can submit this morning. And according to my dictionary, to submit means to yield to the will of a superior force. So you can hit the submit button this morning as a way of saying, Father God, I submit to you, I yield to you, and I say yes to your invitation for me to be adopted into your family. This personal, extraordinary, eternal invitation. So if that's you, I'm going to invite you to come forward to the front here in a minute. I'm going to pray for you. I invite the worship team to come, if you guys would come back and lead us in a final song. And I've, I've chosen this song to finish because it's so clearly, I, I actually think, better than just about any other song I've ever come across, it so clearly spells out the truth of the gospel message. It's written 150 years ago or so, so it's written in kind of old English. So because there are kids here who might want to respond and come to the front, I want to just explain these words very clearly. If we can have, can we just have the first verse up? Here it comes. Before the throne of God above, I have a strong and perfect plea. As I stand before the throne of God, what these words are saying is I have a very strong, in fact, a watertight case to put forward. Let's, just, let's stand, shall we? Let's stand together. I have a watertight case to put forward. Jesus, the great high priest, actually stands with me and he pleads with the Father for mercy on my behalf. This is extraordinary. It's so reassuring. Jesus, the one and only, stands by my side as I stand before the throne of God. He puts his arm around me, he says, this one is mine. He, she's with me, he's with me. It's extraordinary. Not only that, but my name is graven on his hands. If we go to the next line. My name is written on his heart. So I know that for as long as Jesus stands in the heavenly realms, which is forever, forever and ever, 
No tongue can bid me thence depart. There are children here who think, I don't know what that means. There are some adults who think, I'm not even sure what that means. (laughs) No tongue can bid me thence depart. In other words, no one, no one can accuse me of anything or build a case that I don't qualify for that mercy from God. No one can tell me that I don't belong or that I'm not acceptable or that I'm for some reason not welcome into his family. No one can do that. No one can do that. I'm included. I'm embraced. I belong. So as we sing, I've invited ministry leaders, in fact, I invite ministry leaders to come, just come forward now. And there's some others I've invited to come and just pray with people if you'd like to come now and uh, be ready as we sing this first line. As we sing this first line, before the throne of God above, I want to invite you, those of you who would like to, to respond to the Father's invitation, who want to say yes to the Father's invitation, come as we sing this first line. Don't wait to the third verse, that might be too late. Jesus might return during the second verse. (laughs) Don't delay. Don't delay. You don't have to come alone. You bring a friend, bring your mum, bring your dad. Come and stand across the front here and I'm going to pray for you and we've got a little gift for you as you respond to the Father's invitation and as together we welcome you into the family of God. Let's sing together. this podcast brought to you from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. Our prayer is that what was said today inspires you and strengthens you in your faith. If you would like to talk to someone about what you've heard today, you can contact the team during office hours on the number you can find on our website at mounties.org.au. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to having your company again soon. God bless.